when I was a kid, I wanted to be a sportscaster, and now I'm a sommelier. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Rick Arline. New Jersey-born Rick Arline got his first taste of hospitality while working in a country club in high school. After getting a communications degree from the University of Miami, Rick worked in radio, then shifted back towards hospitality, his true passion. After falling in love with wine and spirits, Rick became a certified sommelier in 2012. Moving to Los Angeles in 2013, Rick has been involved with the wine programs at several restaurants and hotels, including Nick and Steph's, Inc., Montage Beverly Hills, and Hotel Bel Air, before becoming the wine director at the acclaimed James Beard-nominated Auburn. After Auburn's closure due to COVID-19, Rick opened his own wine bar in West Hollywood called Fellow Traveler, where his selection of natural wines and delicious menu have already earned Fellow Traveler a spot on the infatuation hit, Infatuation's hit list of best restaurants in Los Angeles. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Rick. Thank you so much for having me today, Ben. I really appreciate it, man. Of course. And I'd like to start by honing in on natural wine and what that means, because I think it's become a big buzzword, especially here in LA in the past couple of years. And I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard of it. And then my cousin told me about it. We went to this awesome wine bar called Tabula Raza in LA on the east side. And I tried it and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then during COVID, when we've all been cooped up, I just got more and more into it and I've enjoyed it. But I still think there's a lot of misconceptions around natural wine and what it means. So I'd love to hear from you breaking down what is natural wine and what makes you enjoy it as much as you do. Sure. And again, um, I really appreciate you this platform. Um, and just if you can talk about natural wine and what that means to me. Natural wine is a lot of definitions, uh, but it's, those definitions are going to be very personal to the people that enjoy those wines or that champion them. Um, my take on natural wine is that uh, we're looking for transparency in winemaking. We're looking for uh, you know, wines that are created in the vineyard as opposed to in the winery. We don't like, uh, you're looking for additives in terms of things like, you know, mega purple or, you know, stabilizers or added sugar or anything like pesticides in the vineyard or anything that could alter or change the trajectory of the wine as it becomes wine. Um, we wanted that that wine to be as as sort of you know as 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 true to the grape variety as it possibly can be. Um, so that's what we're looking for, as fellow traveler. Um, we're not necessarily looking for the technical aspects of natural wine that a lot of people have honed in on. For instance, sulfur. Uh, sulfur on the periodic table. We're not afraid of sulfur. It's something that's used to stabilize wine. Like, you know, um, particularly when it comes to transatlantic shipping, or things like. Uh, finding infiltration uh, don't really bother us as much as the uh, the lack of chemicals in the in the vineyard and in the winery. Um, that really is more to me more important than anything else. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of talk about low sul low sulfates and that being a big selling point. But 
like you're mentioning, it's not always, you know, an entirely bad thing. Like you're saying, if you're getting a wine, like an Austrian wine, it's probably going to have, you know, a, it could have a decent amount of sulfates and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. So it's interesting to hear you make those distinctions. Cause I think a lot of times when we're in a wine shop or just looking at bottles, we see these buzzwords and we're not really sure what it means. So it's helpful to have that clarity. Yeah. And I mean, what's, you know, when a customer comes in and they're asking you for help picking a bottle, what are some of the descriptions that are helpful and help you do a good job of giving them something they'll enjoy? And what, what comes to mind for me is like when my girlfriend and I didn't really know much about wine, we would go into a restaurant and, and say, you know, we, we know we don't like something that's sweet. Can we have something that's dry? Which we later learned is like a terrible, very broad mandate to give someone. And most wines <laughs> in general are dry by definition. So, you know, since then, we've, we've become a little better at describing what we're looking for. But, you know, for the for the average person who's getting into wine, maybe now, what are what are some good things that they can come and tell you or tell their, you know, local SOM at a wine shop and then leave with a bottle that's bound to make them pretty happy? Sure. I think there's a lot of things to talk about. Um, for instance, a lot of people, you know, when they come into the shop, they're like, I like something. I like this grape variety. I like Cabernet or I like Pinot Noir or I like, you know, Chardonnay. That gives me a little bit more framework to work with rather than somebody coming in and being like, I only like wines that are dry. It's a lot yeah. of dry wines out there, you know? <laughs> so to me, it gets me a little bit more of, uh, you know, of an ability to a jumping off point. If you're telling me what the last one you liked or the last wines you're drinking at home right now or the wines are you interested in, in drinking some more of the same or something very different. Um, that's to me more about the conversation rather than, you know, somebody coming in and being like, I really like wines that taste like pineapples. Okay. A lot of wines taste like pineapples, you know? So it's a lot of, it's just, <laughs> right. it's a lot of, it's just a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of like nuances when it comes to that. Um, but what's most helpful to me is, is when somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, you know what? I had this wine. I don't remember what, it, what, what, what the, who the maker was, but I think it was Tempranillo or something like that. It gets me a little bit more framework. So, um, or take pictures. I think the most important thing people can do is take a picture of something they really liked, and then it gives me a, a place to jump off from. Um, that's that's really cool. I think the conversation is very important. I think that there's, you know, I think people now that they're home, stuck at home, are more adventurous than they used to be. You know, I'm seeing a lot of more people who are coming in or asking for things that are kind of off the wall, which is amazing. You know, because before I had to kind of like, you know, really break these things down and you know make it, you know, it cut these, these, these information into bite-sized portions. But now people are really doing a lot of diligent research and they're kind of figuring out what they like, which is amazing. Uh, but people's palates change all the time. Uh, I don't drink the same wines I drank 10 years ago. I just don't. I drink different things all the time. I still appreciate a lot of the wines I drank from that from then, but, you know, it's like, you know, my palate's constantly evolving and I'm constantly trying new things. So, uh, so that's, that's kind of been a really, really cool thing. But I'm seeing what really interests me is when people come in and they're like, you know, I want to try something very different. I want to get out of my comfort zone. If you're drinking a lot of Pinot Noir, I try something else. You know, so that really kind of excites me too, as a, somebody who's in wine sales. That's that's really great to take people and turn on to other things as well. Yeah, I feel like in general, people are taking a lot of chances with their purchases recently because now's the time to just check out different stuff and see what you like. And and to your point, I think when you do find something you like, just taking out your phone and taking a picture is so helpful. So. When I look back and I'm like, what did I like recently? I can just look on my phone and be like, oh, yeah, I like that that bottle we got, that Brock Sellers bottle. That was great. Let me go back and see, you know, if there's something like that around. Maybe I'll get some more of that. So I, I'm curious, now that you're running your own, your own venture and fellow traveler, you've also incorporated food. How do you go about, you know, collaborating with your chef to create 
food that's you know gotten almost as much attention as the wine i would say <laughs> yeah for um sure. so how do you how do you go about that collaboration i've always been interested in like the food where food and beverage come together to make this beautiful whole i'm extremely lucky to have a great chef his name is gabriel geiger uh we were connected by a mutual friend he is truly a marvel um he's his creativity is just un, unparalleled and also an amazing technical chef not just about you know his creativity being great he's an amazing technician um he you know is great at figuring out what flavors worked and how to double down in those flavors. You know, so to me as a sommelier, he's like a sommelier's ideal partner. Um, he's very good at that. Um, so I'm very lucky in that regard. But as a sommelier, you know, my background is working with food first before I did anything in retail ever. This is my first retail project. I've never had a retail wine job. Um, so for me, you know, working in this now a wine bar, which is now an amended retail shop, it's kind of a challenge uh, because you know, I come from the world where we're constantly doing pairings and, you know, I'm going to a table to talk to a table about wine. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting where these transactions are much shorter um, and I'm getting to meet people and have a couple minutes to get them to try something really amazing that they that they can't taste, you know, <laughs> you know, so yeah. but, but it's pretty cool being able to, to, to meet people and, and figure out what they're interested in. But uh, the food aspect has always been important to us. We're still a wine bar. We're just now kind of like a, a, a wine bar at home. I guess in these with these current restrictions, you know, that's kind of the way we're, we're we want to kind of uh, kind of position ourselves. So we're kind of like, you can't go to a wine bar, but you can stay home and enjoy this experience at home and try some great foods and some some great wine and see the synergy and how beautiful that works. You know, um, it's just a little bit more. Uh, it's just a very different world to be to live in right now with these restrictions. But um, we're very lucky that people love the food because it is delicious most importantly. Yeah, I have to credit you guys. I think you've done a great job of, you know, if, if you can't go to the wine bar, the wine bar comes to you type thing where I've been fortunate to try your, the charcuterie uh, plate you guys have over there. I had it I had it sent via DoorDash, turned out great, and uh, had it with some of your wine and it worked out really well. And I'm excited when things, you know, do go back to normal that we can enjoy the experience at Fellow Traveler, which, which makes me think, you know, you've had this experience working at these amazing places and now you're now you're running your own shop, your own place, and you you have the wine experience, and then there's all these other things I imagine you have to think about too, like the branding and the the decor inside, and all these other things, getting the word out to new customers. So how did you how did you go about figuring out all those things, you know, that m might not be directly related to the wine, but are still a very big part of the experience? it's really trial by fire. <laughs> you know, it's really, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of uh, yeah, it's a lot of kind of winging it right now. Um, I'm not just the, the beverage director and the general manager of this, of this restaurant. I'm now the, the webmaster, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the interior designer, uh, the, you know, I'm, I have a lot of hats now. Um, honestly, it's been, it's been a real, it's been really interesting to be able to do this. Um, it's been a challenge, but it's also been the most fun I've had in my career for sure. Every day is super different. Uh, I never know what's going to happen then that day. You know, maybe our website crashed and we have to figure out how to get it back up. Maybe, you know, we have, you know, something that we saw in the thrift shop that we want to bring into the restaurant. So that's, you know, every day is super different. It's a new world. Um, so it's been amazing kind of figuring that, that whole part out. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's very much a test of, of your community as well. Um, I, when I, we built our website, I was designed by a dear friend of mine. Uh, that I travel with and he's a really close friend and we decided to put this website together and kind of 
you know, if you look at our website, there's a lot of elements that are that kind of reflect Gabriel and I are and our kind of personalities. There's a lot of um, ourselves in that website, and um, so that was important to kind of showcase. Um, also, our branding is is he said our branding as well. Um, so it's uh, it's been lucky to kind of lean on our friends uh, to have a community to, to, to lean on has been amazing. Um, in terms of our design and in the restaurant, um, we wanted it to look like our homes. We wanted it to feel like our homes, I think. Um, so you'll see when you come inside, there's like there's rugs and there's couches and it's uh, a little bit more open in the inside than a lot of other wine bars are. I think there's, there's a, an element of homeliness and an implement and, and a, like a, a feeling of, of warmth and uh, that we're trying to really strive for that's important to us. One thing I read as you, you know, were discussing fellow traveler was the fact that you were really influenced by your experience in Paris and going to wine bars there and how it was a pretty, you know, it wasn't as stuffy of an experience as sometimes we imagine wine bars here in the United States. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your experience abroad and, and trying wine across the world and how that's influenced your approach here in LA. Sure. Um, I've been very lucky enough to travel a lot. Um, going to Paris for the first time a couple of years ago with a good friend of mine, we kind of just walked around the city and we stayed in the, in the center of the city in Belleville and just kind of walked around and got a feel for you know, the entire town and, you know, drank amazing wine for super cheap at that time. You know, so we were kind of like just getting our minds blown. We'd come from, you know, a place where, you know, like we both worked in restaurants, but, you know, we, uh, we had like worked in these high-end restaurants where everybody was very serious and buttoned up. And, you know, it was, this, yeah. it was kind of this experience that was very like, you know, it just, it wasn't very personal. It was a more, you know, it was just more about the show about the, about, of the wines that are about the wines themselves and hearing the stories from people who made them, you know? So, uh, so that really influenced me and coming back and I had a totally different perspective on some of these wines. Um, so I kind of hung out in a place that was, you know, a little less stuffy, a little bit more, you know, about the fun of wine because wine honestly is really fun. It's not about, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, they're intimidated by wine and wine culture. And that's because wine culture is just so insular. It's not a very welcoming culture a lot of the time. And we're working to change that. I think that there's opportunity to create a new set of wine drinker that is more open-minded and, you know, it kind of takes it to a fun level. I think previous generations took this thing to a point where it was about, you know, this collecting thing and you had to spend a lot of money and you, if you weren't, if you weren't drinking the right wines, you weren't serious. And if you weren't drinking the right wines, then, you know, you were, you know, you weren't somebody to, to worth, you know, worth speaking to, but that's hopefully changing because it's not that serious. It's supposed to be fun. You know, you're supposed to enhance your, your meal or just taste really good or just great for just relaxing with your friends. It's not supposed to be this, this, you know, intense, you know, transaction when you go to a to place to buy wine. I love how you've reflected that in your wine list at Fellow Traveler. I think nowadays, a lot of people are more open-minded about what regions and what kind of wines they're willing to try. So I think, you know, people before might have not considered Greece a place where they might look to for some cool wines. And now you're seeing some awesome ones coming out of there. So I think it's special that you've been able to look at different regions, look at different parts of the world and incorporate their story into your list in a cool way. I mean, that, that, that I think is what draws me to wine so much is it, it feels like I can travel vicariously to all these regions through the bottle. I don't know if you feel that way too, but that's something that kind of attracted me. Absolutely. That was really what, what, what was, got me into wine was I was able to kind of go places 
and experience the food and the wine and the culture by not even leaving their, my house or the bar or their, the tables. And, you know, it really takes you on a journey if you let it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it's quite, you know, when these things click, they really click. Um, so it's really, really just a, an amazing gift to be able to share that. How do you think, uh, how have you seen wine consumption changing? I mean, natural wine is a big, is a big trend. Um, I mean, I'm sure natural wine has been around for a long time, but I think recently it's really come to the forefront. What, as you've gone through different locations and now at Fellow Traveler, what are some things you're noticing that consumers are really grasping or looking forward to in wine? My good friend, Matt Kaner says that we are now in an ethos centric wine world. People are interested in the story and they're interested in transparency. They want to know what's in their wine. They want to know who's making it. They want to know how they're treating their workers. And they want to know, you know, is this wine made with weird pesticides and chemicals that nobody should be consuming? That's important. I think the natural wine movement has given us a lot of transparency. Um, it's also kind of shown a light on the producer and the grower rather than these big companies that are just kind of making out, making these products. I think there's been more of a, of a throwback era to farmers or people who are farming and families who have been farming these vineyards and vineyard sites for hundreds of years. Um, there's been a, a, it's been more of, of a, of, of a full, uh, a kind of, kind of storytelling moment where you can talk about a family in Alsace or Champagne or in, you know, uh, you know, Austria or Germany and kind of talk about, you know, their long history of growing wine and how they haven't changed very much in, over the course of a couple of hundred years. Um, obviously here in the new world, things are a little different. We still have a lot of winemaking families here in the new world, but I think a lot of that gets lost uh, or has gotten lost in the past, but that's starting to come back now. We're seeing a lot of these bigger producers shift to making um, wines that are made more naturally, sustainable farming, organic and biodynamic farming, uh, less you know, product and more care in, into the wine. So it's, that's a net win for everybody, for all consumers of wines across the world. And are those some of the things that you're looking for in the wines you bring on to fellow traveler? You know, some of the things you mentioned, like how they treat their workers and, and like, you know, making sure it's natural and it's not made at the winery, but on the vineyard. Are those uh, the elements you're looking for as you're vetting bottles to add to fellow traveler? Absolutely. I think, you know, that there's been... Um, there's a there's a opportunity to, to to build something from the ground up that has a tells you stories you know that works that has a you know a, an ability to to showcase uh, these great producers who have been doing amazing work for a long time, or some newer producers that are kind of on the on the you know on the coming in the the scene they're doing great work. I'm just I just want to showcase great wine at the end of the day, um, and to me great wine is just about tasting good. It's about actually being a good you know farmer or a good you know uh, winemaker in in terms of your, your, your practices, not only in the vineyard, but socially as well. Are you, you know, do you have a vineyard crew that's with you all year or do you have a vineyard crew that you only bring in for harvest? You know, are you building a culture in your winery that is sustainable for the next generation? You know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd encourage people who, who are, you know, looking to try something new, ask, ask your local SOM or, whoever you're, you're going in to buy your drinks from, just ask them, you know, who's, who's cool. Who are, how do they, you know, what's the story behind this bottle? I think that's led to a lot of really fun discoveries for me. So it's, it's cool to see that for sure. Sure. And, absolutely. and, 
and I mean, I'm just really excited once once things get better to to come in the shop and be able to ask you those things. It's it's one thing to to ask over the phone, but I'm excited to experience that at at fellow traveler. And I, I appreciate you, you know, giving us some insight into the journey and, and how you're getting by during these crazy times, which I got to say, you've done a really extraordinary job. It, it's not easy. And in less than, you know, two months, you've attracted everyone's attention. I've seen you in Eater LA and the Rob Report, Infatuation LA's hit list, and it's all well-deserved. I encourage everybody in LA to check it out. Very easy on DoorDash. And you'll, you'll have a good experience bringing the wine bar to you for now, and then we'll come We'll come to fellow traveler as soon as we can. I'd love I'd love to just wind down with a few fun rapid fire questions now. Sure. Firstly, what's an app that you can't live without? The app I cannot live without right now is actually uh, the the Audible app. Um, I'm really been listening to a lot of podcasts and and uh, and 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 audiobooks. So uh, my drive to work from my house in Brooklyn Village to West Hollywood is about 20 minutes. So I'm able to kind of squeeze. Uh, a couple of minutes of, of audiobook time in right now. Um, so that's pretty cool. Being able to do that is awesome. So Audible for sure. Who would you? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've managed to read one or two books this month doing nothing different in my schedule. I've just fitted in like you into my driving and I look back and I'm like, wow, that's, that's a book I wouldn't have read if I was just on my own. So it's, it's a cool way to get some reading done for sure. Who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? Uh, I would probably get Michael B. Jordan. Um, <laughs> you know, so like honestly you know so i don't think his beard is as good as mine but he's it's, it's pretty close um. <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability what would it be oh man the ability to uh to have like an insanely good memory it would be incredible you know so as we you know as a wine person are constantly getting all this bombarded with information yeah, so it's great to be able to kind of filter what's pertinent, you know, through through everything is is be, be amazing. So um, like a memory, like a, a chapter memory would be amazing. That'd be great. Where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit? Greece. I'm dying to go to Greece. I've had so many friends who visited over the last couple of years and they've all said amazing things about it. I love the wine coming out of there. Um, I love Greek food. And I, I, you know, I just, it just seems like a place that has a ton of history um, and good food and wine. So it's time yet for that. So Greece, hopefully 2022, I'll be able to come check it out. And uh, what's a song you like to jam to right now? We have a Spotify playlist where we add each of our guests recommendations. So if there's a contribution you'd like to make, I know you're always posting on Instagram, these amazing songs. So if there's one you'd like to contribute to our playlist, what would it be? Oh uh, man, I've been listening to the new Bicep album a lot. It's great. Um, so it's just kind of just fun dance music to put on. Um, I'm a really big fan of, the, of those guys. Those they're really great. So I probably put, play uh, Atlas from Bicep right now. So if you're into dance music at all, it's, it's it's great stuff to kind of get your get your moving in the morning. You know. So I like that record a whole lot. The new one. Um, so it's called Isles. So yeah, awesome. Check that out. And lastly, where can people check you out and keep up with you on social media? Yeah. Um, my personal Instagram is uh, Rick Eats Stuff, all one word. Um, and you can follow our bar at Fellow Traveler Wine Bar um, on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook and, and Twitter as well. So you can kind of catch me on social media whenever or wherever. Perfect. And if you're interested in the pod, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYDPod. Rick, thank you so much. This has been really informative and it was really fun talking with you. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate your time, man. And uh, thank you so much for for you know, showing the spotlight on us and please come visit us when you're, when you're able. Absolutely. Thank you.